Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Let's dive into the word, see what the Lord has for us this morning. I was reading the Bible this week. That's good, isn't it, when your pastor does that? crack open this thing see what's in it you know it's all this talk about the word of God I mean I heard all the sermons everybody's like read the word okay I get it geez you have to make such a big deal about it (laughs) who's grateful for the word amen what if we didn't have the word I mean honestly what if we didn't have the word and we were just based upon how we feel about the Lord is what we, we 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 store everything in How you feel can change very quickly, you know, and I'll give you a word of advice before, well, I'll get it to you in the the sermon today. Turn me in your Bible to Luke chapter 10, verse um, 1, Luke 10, verse 1, Jesus sends out his disciples. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples, some translations say 70, and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. So this is what Jesus instructed those that were sent out at that time to do. Say, the, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Okay. We are definitely in a time where the gospel needs to be preached. Amen. People are wide open to receive from God right now. We just need people that are, that are soul winners right now. We need the church to be a soul winner. Amen. When's the last time you led someone to Jesus? When's the last time you prayed with someone and saw the glory of their, their, their face changed before your eyes as they became a born-again believer? If that has been a while for you, forget healings, forget miracles of any other type. Just focus on, let me be used by God to win someone to the Lord. Let me build your kingdom, God, because I promise you this. Think about the joy that will be in your heart when you are forever in the presence of the Lord in heaven. And there are people there that are there because you were the one that shared the gospel with them. For all eternity, they're there and they just, every time they pass you on streets of gold, they're like, thank you, bro. Thank you. Think about that. Seriously. I mean, we do things for our neighbors and stuff to be a blessing down here. This is the biggest blessing you can do is preach the gospel. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Stop right there. The Lord's sending his people out to build the kingdom of God, and what does he tell them? He says, don't take any money with you. Don't take any change of clothes. Don't really take any earthly possessions whatsoever, because the lesson is, you don't need anything from this world. Come on, somebody. In this hour right now, with all the uncertainty going on, this is the hour for the church to shine brighter than ever. We don't need anything that you have in this world. We don't need your grocery stores. We don't need anything the Lord will supply according to his riches and glory. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. You've got to get that in your spirit. We've been on this track. What do you truly believe? Do you believe that God is on your side and that God will watch over you? Do you believe that you can have meat the world knows not of? Do you believe that God will sustain you in an hour where it looks like there, maybe sustainment won't be available? If you believe that, say amen. amen. The Lord is with us. The Lord has been with this church. The Lord, in the six and a half years, the Lord has showed me graciously through some of the challenges, some of the things we've present, been presented with, of how no matter what comes against you, if you're walking in obedience to God and you're doing what the Lord told you to do, He will move heaven and earth to ensure that everything will go as it needs to go. That's the God that we serve. He's faithful in every way. Amen? But the word here, so we don't need, don't worry about the collapse of this, the collapse of that, the increase of that, inflation, taxes, whatever. Who cares if, if, if inflation gets so bad that gas costs $500 a gallon and we are still on the dollar system, the Lord will give you an increase to where you will be able to drive wherever you need to drive. Or you will drive with no gas, but your vehicle will be powered by something beyond this world. All of that has happened. Never forget that our God is a supernatural God. 
He can sustain you financially or he can just make it miraculously work where it is unexplainable in the natural. Either way, it's all good. For most of us, when he gives us the money to step into it, it's a little easier on our, you know, personality. We're like, okay, kid, he supplied. But the Lord has done it. He supplied. I knew a guy that flew a plane with no gas in it. And the Lord, he was praying in tongues and the Lord never let the plane run out of gas for hours. Flew with no gasoline. You will learn how to pray in tongues even if you have been taught that tongues is not from the Lord when you are flying a plane with no gasoline. You will just pull something out. You're going for it. And you won't stop till that plane lands. Amen? But he says, there's what I want to draw attention to. I was reading that this week and it just, it just left in my spirit. It says, don't stop to greet anyone on the road. And whenever you enter in someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. That's pretty strong words right now uh, when Jesus sent them out. Don't worry about anything in the natural. Don't take money. Don't take an extra change of clothes. Go and show up in a town and bless the town. And if the blessing sticks, then stick around. But if the blessing returns to you, shake the dust off your feet and head on down the road. I mean, how many believers actually operate in the capacity of what Jesus said to those that he sent out now? We'll stick around with wicked organizations and say that we think that our presence might make a difference if we stick around and let them infuse every wicked thing they want and we never shake the dust off our feet. Why? Because we are so ingratiated in a world society that we have missed the fact that we carry something and what you carry matters. Jesus would have not said to do this unless it mattered. He said, if your blessing doesn't return, you take the blessing back and you shake the dust off. Because Jesus is saying, for the children of God, do not let the blessing that I've placed upon your life prosper wicked agendas. Understand that your presence matters and it will shift climates. But what the Lord said to him is said, don't stop to greet anyone on the road. When I read that this week, it just leapt in my spirit. Why would Jesus tell people that are being sent out to preach the gospel to not stop along the road? I mean, aren't they supposed to preach the gospel, God? Aren't they supposed to share the things of the kingdom? And yet you told them, don't stop and greet anyone on the road in the journey of where I am sending you to. And I think the moral, the prophetic word that left in me is, in the midst of everything going on right now, watch your mouth and don't let your mouth be lended into conversations that have no place in the body of Christ. We don't need to be voicing the plan of the enemy 24-7 to everyone that we come across. We need to be voicing the plan of God in this hour. Yes, hell has an agenda. Yes, it's planning. But in the book that I read day in and day out, not just to get a sermon, but because it's life to me, it says that every plan of the enemy will come unraveled. That the plan of God will be the plan that I will see with my eyes come to pass. And I'm standing on the promises of God. I will not entangle myself with the words or the verbiage of the plan of hell. Let hell be hell, but let heaven be in my life. Understand the authority that you carry. Too many Christians now spend all of their influence trying to expose dark things. Trying to look, get ready for this and watch over here and look at this and expect this and this is happening. We understand hell has a plan. But what has God said concerning your household? You want to give God something to breathe upon? Start posting the blessing of God on your, on your social media. Start talking about how blessed you are. Start talking about the oversight of God. Start talking about the healing power of God. Start talking about divine health in your household. How no weapon formed against you will prosper. And then God will have something to show forth his glory on. Yes. Hallelujah. I feel favor and faith in this place right now. It's like you've got to stand for it. I realize I, I, this came out of my mouth this week and 
And I don't think it was from an arrogant place, but I, I, I was talking to someone and I said, there are people I know would love nothing more than to see me get sick, see me die, or see me have a moral failure. But let me tell you something, that you will not have any of that because the devil doesn't have anything in your life until you lend your mouth to give him access. And my mouth belongs to the Lord. Place the coal upon my lips, God, and let the words that come out of my mouth be words of faith and power and demonstration so that I would walk in the blessing of God as a sign and a wonder to this world that my God is who he says he is. Hallelujah. If you believe it, shout amen this morning. Don't stop to talk to anyone on the road. Don't get entangled with man's affairs. Don't get caught up in wicked strategies from hell. Stay the course. And for every word of doubt, every word of sickness, every word of poverty that comes out of the mouth of the world, you speak the opposite spirit. Man, I tell you, my whole household's sick. That's weird. Let me tell you what's going on in my household. We're blessed every day. We wake up healthy. The, the, every time a fever even tries to rear its head, it's dealt with in an hour. Because my God is who he says he is. We're looking at financial ruin in our life. Our job might be taken from us. That's weird because in my household, the blessings of God overtake me every day. I'm not special. I'm not more talented than you. I don't have more reserves in the bank account. I just have a God that is said in his word, I will supply all of your need according to my riches and glory. I feel faith in this place just now. Don't stop to greet everybody that comes down the pike. Don't listen to every naysayer. Don't get your mouth caught up in it. Don't come in agreement with that stuff. Don't give the devil something from your mouth as arsenal against your life. You speak the word. What does the word say? You speak the word. And Christians are like, well, the word does talk about the end times and all this. Yes, we has been talking. We've been in the end times since Jesus walked the earth. Come on, somebody. In 1988, there was 88 reasons why Jesus would return in 1988. In the year 2000, half of you in this room went and filled up your bathtubs with water and bought food and stored it in your basement because you were convinced the world would come to an end. But it didn't come to an end. Planes didn't fall out of the sky. They kept flying. My wife was on a plane. Guess what? It landed where it was sent out to land. Because the world always wants to find a negative. They always want to fill you with doom and gloom. They always want you to feel like you're like two seconds from falling off a cliff. But let me tell you, you serve a God that even if you step off the cliff, you will not fall. He will cause his angels to bear you up. Church, grab it. We serve a miracle working father. Hallelujah. But it's two seconds to midnight. Two seconds to midnight is a prophetic time for the Lord to show up in mighty ways. So that ain't going to turn my heart to doom and gloom. It's going to turn my mind to glory. My God is about to move in this land like you can't even begin to understand. Oh, I'm sick and tired of talking about how God moved in Azusa Street. That's 120 years ago. God's got something up his sleeve for America in this hour. And I'm a part of that move. And I'm going to see the glory of God in this generation. Hallelujah. If you believe it, shout amen. We are going to see with our own eyes the glory of God in this place. We're going to see it in this hour. It's the church's finest hour. It's the church where God is pouring out favor upon the body of Christ. And he's just looking for someone that realizes stop lending your mouth to hell's agenda and start speaking the wonders and the miracle power of God. And I don't know about you, but I want everything that heaven has for me. So may my mouth line up with that too so that I have what comes out of my mouth. Death and life is in the power of the tongue and those that love to speak will eat the fruit thereof. Half of you in here love to speak. We all know that. That's why every time we greet new members, it takes an hour and 33 minutes because everybody preaches a 15-minute sermon because that's what we attract around here, people that like to talk about what God is doing in their life. We love that. You will eat the fruit thereof, so watch what comes out of your mouth. Don't stop to greet anybody along the way, but also understand this, that what you carry is precious, that there is the word where God says, come out from among the wicked. We live in a day and age where the Christians are not supposed to lend the blessing upon their life to wicked agendas. And if you are a part of something that is wicked, 
that is contaminating, that is moving in that capacity, you have an obligation to the word of God to say, not in my household. What God has placed upon me will not be lent to a wicked agenda. I will remove myself from that and I will trust you, God, that you will be my source and my supply. I will not go down in, 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 the, in the sinking ship of this world because I have separated myself from that. I shake the dust off my feet. Come on. When's the last time you saw anybody shake dust off their feet? I mean, really get that in your spirit right now. Grab that. It's like the Lord's been telling me that for years now. It's like at the start of last year, I even looked at it. And I'm like, at what point do some of the cities in America need Christians to realize, let's shake the dust off of our feet and let's get on out of there. And I think that's happening. That's why Florida is booming and everybody's moving here and everybody wants... And I'm not saying that everybody in Florida is, is a halo-wearing, Bible-toting, devil-stomping, please. People always want to pick a political leader and put him up on this religious pedestal like, oh, this one's holier than everybody else. My God is bigger than a political figure. We have yahoos that are in political offices, but my trust is not in a political party. It's not in a political affiliation. It's not in a vote. It's not in a bill. My faith is resting in the kingdom of God. The government that I serve rests upon his shoulder. And his will will be done in my life. And if it gets to the point that the will of this world is so contrary to that and they take me out, you go right ahead and take me out, baby, because I will get a martyr's crown and I'll be able to stand in front of Paul and be like, check out this baby. Come on. Am I talking to anybody in this church right now? You got to get it in your spirit, man. You can't break a Christian. We are unbreakable in every way because the kingdom of God is so real on the inside of us. There's power. But yet so oftentimes we just let ourselves be little people in a big game or we're just another cog and another wheel lending what God has preciously placed upon our lives into something that we should not lend it into. If the Lord leads you in your heart to come out from among something, you be obedient and you don't let fear in right now. Say, I'm under pressure right now on things in my life. You let the Lord lead you and you let peace be the umpire of your, your heart. And you realize this, that anything you give up to come out from wicked things, God will rain down more in your life. And I firmly believe it. It's an hour for the church to step up. If we don't stand now, when are we going to stand? And maybe I'm the only preacher in Claremont that's got the balls to say that. But people got to stand up right now. It's not an hour to be a lily-bellied, yellow, just chicken. It's a time to realize I carry something in this world. I'm bought with a price. My Father in heaven has put his spirit on the inside of me. And I will not lend myself to wicked agendas. And I will not, I will not cower to the devil's plan. But I also won't even stoop so low as to even have a conversation with him. I don't have to talk about what he's tweeting. He tweet all day long. Tweet, 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 tweet. You tweet over there. You Twitter yourself into, into hell is all you're going to do, worldly people. But the kingdom of God, maybe I'm getting a little tough right now. Let me dial it back to, I just want to tell everybody I love you from the bottom of my heart. But realize this, man. And it's a check for all of us. Because in the midst of trying to wake up and trying to bring people, we spend too much time to expose and talk about the bad things. Instead of just speaking the word of God, which is what has the power to change the hearts of men. This is an hour for the gospel to be preached with power and demonstration. And I believe we are standing on the cusp of great things. So I think for us, when I read it this week, it was a prophetic word. Stay the course. Everything God showed me concerning this church, everything written in our vision... Everything that we've been moving towards as a, as a ministry to raise people up into the ministry to raise people up to be strong believers, to be full of the fire and full of the presence of the Lord. Everything we're believing to see from dead elimination in your life to our lives to ministry as a whole, none of that changes right now. Everything that God has ever let, showed us in this hour or in the six and a half years of being here and beyond will come to pass. Every word, every vision, every mention, everything, God will see it come to pass because he is faithful to see it come to pass. We will stay the course and we will not get entangled along the way going this way or that way with worries and strifes trying to readjust the plan of God based upon the in insight or the advice from hell. You can take your advice and you can take your plan, but it doesn't matter because God's plan will come to pass. 
I'm, I'm quickened right now in my spirit about a word in the, in the Old Testament. There was a time when the children of God were starving and Israel was starving. The city was besieged by the Arameans, I believe. And everywhere around them, they, they had no food. The Bible says there was a, that, that people argued over eating a child. And one woman said, we ate my son yesterday and now today she's withholding her son and we are hungry, we need to eat her son now. That is starvation like you have never known. Come on, somebody. So it is, it is very tough at that time. And the word of the Lord came from the prophet and he said, tomorrow, tomorrow, there will be so much surplus in the city that all of these things that are expensive right now will go for next to nothing because there will be an overflow in the city. And a guard spoke from his mouth and said, there is no way that this will happen. So the prophet, by the Spirit of God, looked at the guard and said, you will see it with your eyes, but because of what you've said from your mouth, you will not experience it. And the Bible says that lepers, four lepers, went out from the city so hungry, so starving, saying our life is nothing anyways. Let's go and beg at the camp. They will either kill us or we will starve to death. But either way, maybe we'll get some food. And when they went to the camp of the Arameans, God caused four lepers to sound like an army of such vast numbers that the army fled in the night, terrified, leaving all of their wealth, all of their food, all of their supplies. And four lepers walked into a camp and just began to eat. Till they were so full and then they said, it's not right that we have this surplus. We need to go and tell the city what the Lord has done. They went and told the city. They went out to get all the wealth. They came in with food, gold, silver, everything poured into the city. And the guard that opened his mouth and came in agreement with hell's plan was trampled to death at the people coming to get the food, the Bible says. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and realize this is an hour to put a guard over my mouth. Come on, somebody. I am not going to lend myself. I will not. If I'm going to eat the fruit of my words, my words are going to be glorifying God. They're going to be boasting on a supply. They're going to be talking about health, not sickness. I'm not going to talk about what's spreading. I'm not going to talk about variants. There is one variant. It is the word of God. And it declares that by his stripes, I am healed and I am made whole. As for my household, this thing will not break into our walls. It has no access whatsoever. The glory of God is real and it rests upon the bride of Christ in this hour and you got to claim it with all that you've got you got to believe it in your spirit and speak it from your mouth and then walk it out everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated if you don't believe it read your Bible every promise you've got to declare that you believe it and say it from your mouth and then you got to line up with how you act and govern your life to walk in the blessings every promise from God came with a condition if if you keep your mind focused on me, I will cause peace to be in you at all times. If, if you will do these things, you will have these things. Well, then let's do those things. Come on, somebody. What are you doing with your life right now? I'm walking in the abundance of God. Turn with me in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 20. We're going to begin another story in the Old Testament that links up with what Jesus said to his disciples. To go out. Preach the gospel, build the kingdom, pray for laborers. This is an hour. May God cause thousands to come to Waterfront Park. And may we see miracles that astound us. May it change the atmosphere of Claremont and Lake County in, in a heavenly way, God. May you get glory from this thing. This is all for your kingdom, God. All for your kingdom, God. I had the printers say, well, why isn't the River Claremont in any of your advertisements? You have a good name in the community. Well, because we're not trying to build the River Claremont. We're trying to build the kingdom of God. That's our focus right now. We're focusing on the kingdom of God. Yeah, well, the church will grow because the Lord will grow the church. But we'll just build the kingdom because that's the assignment that God has given us to do, to preach the gospel. Not everybody will come to this church, but we still love them. We will still be there for them, and we will still preach the gospel to them. And we'll still lay hands on them. Amen. We are the church that other churches send people to to get delivered. We're that church. We get calls all the time. So-and-so church is sending someone. They have a demon. They said that you deal with it. Okay, send them down here. I find Pastor Mark and I just turn him loose. He's from Guyana. If he doesn't know what to do, oh well. <laughs> figure it out. You know what I'm saying? What do I do? You'll figure it out. Day three, you'll figure it out. Amen. I we do our best. But years ago, I remember someone said to me uh, com concerning our church, they said, well, why is it that like every Sunday 
It's got to be revival. It's got to be Holy Ghost blowout. I mean, is that always your agenda? You know, and I knew what they were saying to me. And I really, really gave it reflection and began to think. And I thought to myself, well, I mean, what good is it to throw a birthday party if the honored guest isn't even invited to be there? And we are here to celebrate Jesus. So if he ain't welcome in the place to do what he wants to do, then it seems like a very empty birthday party indeed. And so, yes, I guess it does always have to be that with us. And it's not because we're trying to build something of our own. It's because we are wanting God to know he has free will in the place to do what he wants to do. Your will be done. Nothing more, nothing else, nothing less. Whatever heaven has is what I want in this place. Amen. That's why I've regularly said to the Lord, you are always able to remove me as leadership at any given time. You think that I'm the blockage. You let me know. I will gladly step aside. People know that have been around me. I'll tell you like it is. If God says you're the one holding it back, I will slip on down the road. I have other talents that I can use in other capacities. Come on. I'm not here for a job and I'm not here for personal ambition. I didn't even have ambition in ministry. I had ambition in business, and the Lord said, you're going into ministry. Well, I chose ministry because I chose the Lord. Ultimately, here I am. I listen, other ministers are like, I see this, I see this. They have all these things. And I'm like, I, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then I walk away, and I'm like, I'm so pathetic. I don't have, I don't know. Like, I need to get the, like, put a stadium up or something. Jesus, show me these things, you know. And then I just see people. I always just see people's faces. Like, that's what moves me. I like people. You're weird. Nobody else will tell you how weird you are but still love you. But I'm that guy. I'll be like, you're, you're, you're a little peculiar. Come on to the river. You know what I'm saying? You, you'll fit right in here. And any of the peculiar weirdness that's just really out there, we'll help chop that off, you know. Give us a little while, we'll smooth the edges, and you'll go from not having any friends to having two friends. That's a big win, you know what I'm saying? People need help in these things these days. You think ministry is all about preaching a good word. People need help just having a friend right now in America. Because all we have is this. They don't even have a friend. Hell breaks loose and they don't have anybody to call. Make a friend. The Bible says if you want a friend, be friendly. So be friendly today. Why don't you just turn and smile at the person beside you and say hello. Try not to smile like this. Hello. How are you? People moving suddenly in the room, like grabbing their bags. Oh, look at the time. never know who you're sitting by hopefully they're good (laughs) so this story in the old testament this woman received a miracle child because she made room for the anointing in her life the bible says she recognized or perceived that elisha was a man of god so she built a room in her house so that every time he traveled through the area he would sleep there and she would feed him food and so many sermons have been preached about making room for the anointing in your life what does that mean for you? It means the anointing of God. Is, it, is, there, is there discipline in your life to tap into the presence of the Lord? And if there's not personal discipline, you can reap the benefits of a church pursuing the presence of the Lord, but there is nothing quite like carrying it yourself from your own personal devotion with God. And may you have that in this place, amen? So that if something did happen, you will stand strong in this hour. Come on. You gotta be strong enough that no matter what, you will be okay because you know who you are in Christ. So she gets a miracle son, but then the son basically gets sick suddenly and dies. So verse 20, it says, The servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. So this is a promised son, miracle son, but he passes away. But watch what this woman does, because in the regards of don't talk to anyone on the road, I felt like the Lord told me for this church, let's stay focused on the task that we know we're supposed to do. And let's not get caught up in anything else in this hour. But on beyond that, for a personal level, watch what this woman did that broke way for a supernatural miracle in her life. Her boy dies in her hand, her arms. 
So she carries him up and she lays him on the bed of the man of God and shuts the door and leaves him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. She didn't say anything about why. She didn't tell her husband the reason being because her husband responds and says, why go today? Is it neither, it's neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. Their boy just died. She doesn't even declare to her husband he's dead. Out of her mouth it says the next words, but she said, it will be all right. Say that with me. Say, it will be all right. But Pastor Caleb, you don't know. This, everything they've got planned with the booster shots, the vaccines, it's hell's agenda. We understand all of that, the control, the collapse of America, all of these things. But you've got to get it in your spirit that your response to everything you see, everything you hear from this world is, it will be all right. There are two agendas going on right now, hell, hell's agenda and heaven's agenda. Let me tell you something. You'll see with your eyes the separation, but God's hand will be on the church in this hour. And I believe it. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Say, it will be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. What if it comes into my household? It'll be all right. It'll be all right. What if I pass away? It'll be all right. It'll be all right. You're going to heaven, suck it up, buttercup, and float on into glory. Amen. Polish your halo and get ready to shine. Grab a shofar from the back of your closet that you bought in a Morningstar conference in 1992. Dust that sucker off. Go to your front porch and let the whole neighbors hear. What the heck is that? It's the sound of the coming of the army of the Lord. Tramp, 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 tramp. This is our finest hour. <laughs> I love it. Get a little weird from time to time. <laughs> I mean, put back on your normal clothes and show up at church. Amen. <laughs> Somebody just told me this week. Their friend came here and tried to pull out a shofar, and our people were like. <laughs> we've, got, we've got talented musicians. We would like to keep it that way. Amen. We don't need the sound of a dying cow in the midst of it. It didn't open up the portal any more than it already is open. You know what I'm saying? I'm opening the portal. I'm pulling down strongholds. No, you're blowing through a horn that smells, put your mouth to the, put your nose to it, and anyways, moving on here. That, that thing has been passed around, and that's how the coronavirus spread. That's, you know what I'm saying? 18 people have licked that thing, and you're over there like, okay, bro. Like, we can't help you. At this point, we turn you over to the Lord. We shake the dust off of our feet, because if you're going to slather that thing, eight other people have slathered, you will read, you will... I've been in meetings, you see it coming around, and people are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want a shot? No, I do not want a shot on that thing. No. No. Just saying hallelujah is enough for me. Amen. It'll open any portal that thing opens, but it'll keep the right portals closed, too. I love the Pentecostal church. They're fun, you know what I'm saying? Where else can you wear leotards and bl blow through horns and people are like, that's powerful. Like, only the Pentecostals, we're those people that just embrace everybody, you know what I'm saying? We got the irk and jerk crowd in the Pentecostal world that every time the Lord moves, oh, oh, like, bro. Like, terrifies you, you know what I'm saying? You're just like, man, isn't the Lord, oh, whoa, what's going on over here? We just let everybody in, don't we? Oh, oh, okay, let's try and get past, oh. Let's maybe say, like, the Lord is good, you know what I'm saying? I was in a church service, believe it or not. I'm in a church service. Power of God's falling on me, people. Are, and I hear the Lord say, lift up your left hand. 
And I mean, like, I'm pressing in for a word from God, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like, lift up my left hand. Like, this guy over there is like hearing, you're called to the nations. I'm going to send you, you will, you will walk in glory, my healing powers. And, and you're telling me, lift up my left hand? So I was like, no, God, I want a better word than that. <laughs> Dig a little deeper, you know what I'm saying? I know, I'm, I, may, I know I may not have a bigger call, but at least I have a bigger call than lift up your left hand. Then again, the Lord's like, lift up your left hand right now. And I was like. <laughs> so then finally, I'm like, God, seriously, give me a word. Lift up your left hand right now, boy. <laughs> I lift up my left hand right at the same time. The woman beside me, she was that Holy Ghost tornado type. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it hits her. Her arm comes forward. I lifted my left hand. I caught her and it was right in my nose and I threw her on the ground and she just rolled. And I was like, the Lord cares about my countenance. I could be up here with a broke nose, half cocked to the side, but God's like, lift up your left hand, bro. Lift it up. This woman's about to, she's about to go. She's a spinner top. Wow. You lift that left hand right now, you will thank me. So never underestimate the value of even simple words from the Lord. Sometimes you're like, really? But if you obey, you'll realize that's why. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it'll be all right. Say it'll be all right. So she saddles the donkey and she says to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. And she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel. Elijah saw her in the distance and he said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, with your husband and your child? Well, the child's dead. <laughs> is that all right? And what does she say? Yes, everything is fine. Man, this encouraged me because I've, been, I've, I've actually juggled back and forth because when I go through stuff, like if I'm facing storms personally or battles or I feel like I'm going through the ringer or I'm believing in this or distracted in that, discouraged in this, beat up over here, you know, one second you're like, the Lord is with me. The next day you're like, God, do you like me? I mean, seriously, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's our flesh. That is how pathetic we are, you know? One day we're like, I'm a man of God. The, the next day you're like, I don't think God even hears my prayers. Babe, you pray. You're like trying to think of every scripture like, babe, I just want you to know that I honor you right now in every way. Is there any way that I have dishonored you? Because the Bible says that if I don't honor you, my prayers aren't heard. And I'm just feeling like it's a one-way street right now. Date night, put something on, we going out. I'm opening the door for you too, baby. You will be honored. And meanwhile, nothing changed except for just whatever you focus your mind on. That's all that changed. Whatever you fix your thoughts on is what changed. And so you were fixing your thoughts on the glory, the wonder, the preciousness of God's presence and his anointing. And then you fix your thoughts on, but this is happening and that's happening. And then before long, you're just this person over there in the corner just like, Jesus. And you can actually tell it in a person that prays. And I'm just going to hit it because I'm having fun today and I really don't have an agenda like, I actually didn't prep for a message, so I hope this is... <laughs> I hope I'm making sense right now. It's been a busy week, people, okay? I put in 70 hours. Chill out. <laughs> I've truly shared too much, okay. <laughs> but, what was I saying? Oh, well, you can tell it when a person prays. Because I can tell it when I pray. There's a place in prayer people go to that is pleading and begging. And I understand they're like crying out part. But there's a place you can get in perpetual pleading, screaming, begging. And there's a place that you can stand in as I'm a child of God. 
These are the promises of my life. This is the manifest that will come from my life. This will be what I have. This is who I am. This is what he said. This is what I have. This will come to pass. This will be my portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And you got to get to that place. So when you start out in prayer and it's like you're crying and you're begging, yeah, you work past that, but you've got to get back into the place of, wait a second, hold up, I am who he says I am and I have what he says I have. My God is not up there. He is not moved by my pity. He's not moved by my begging. He is moved by faith. He says, with faith, with faith, you're pleasing to me. So even this past week as I walked through everything we've been calling out, the staff can testify. Man, I walked this property just shouting man we're in overflow there's nothing that can break us we're on the cut i mean i just declared declare 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 until you are running leaping and praising god if you haven't done that at your house you need to do that at your house because you need that breakthrough presence in your household you need to walk in your household take a deep breath and be like i can do all things through christ who strengthens me Something glorious is in this house. It's called the glory of God, the presence of God. The kabod, weighty presence of God is in my household. When I sleep, his presence is on me. When I rise, his anointing is upon me. His word is my lamp. It's strong in my heart. It illuminates the path forward. There is nothing the enemy has in my life because God has removed every strand of it. You got to stir yourself in that place walk in the victory this woman walked in it before she ever had a word of faith preacher before she ever could listen to 273 hours of kenneth hagan like i have on youtube she had all of this before there was even televangelists telling her send in a thousand dollars and we'll give you a breakthrough she had this when she had nothing other than in her spirit a wisdom to know this was a promise of god i am not going to agree with what i am seeing with my eyes I'm going to ignore what I see with my eyes because what I see with my eyes, the boy that was given to me was impossible to begin with. And then everything I know about God above is that he is good in all ways and he wouldn't give me a promise and take that promise away. And so his word will reign true and this boy will come back. She put a guard over her mouth before anybody ever encouraged her to do it. It'll be all right, she said. And man, is everything all right with your husband, with you, and with your child? Yes, everything is fine. What's your household like right now? Everything is fine. We rise in the morning to the blessing of God. We fall asleep to the peace of God. We are blessed going in and blessed coming out. Our children are blessed. Our household are blessed. Our, our livestock is blessed. Come on, where are you people with dogs and fish and chickens cows goats those things are blessed man everybody else's cow will be all decrepit in the corner your cow will be like mm. so when she comes to the man of god at the mountain she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet i think it's just important to grab this part she stayed in faith but it's not like in her flesh it was feeling good Sometimes we think faith is like us, like you just feel it. You, faith is moving opposite to what you can sometimes feel. Even that place of you you're declaring from a place of victory, you do that when you don't feel victorious so that you break and tr push yourself back into the realm of the spirit where faith is activated once more. She fell at his feet. She's desperate here. Her child is dead. She has no one to turn to. She doesn't know what's going on. This was a promise of God. She falls at her feet, but still she has a guard upon her mouth. She doesn't say what's going on. All she says is, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? That's all she declares from her mouth. The prophet perceives, okay, there is something wrong with the child. And so he takes this staff and he places it in the hands of his servant Gehazi. And watch this. Elijah says to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go and don't talk to anyone along the way. Don't get caught up along the way and just distracted from what I have sent you to do. The mission that is laid before you. If you stay the course of the mission God has laid before you to walk in, you will have the blessing of God. If you get caught up along the way, 
and turn to the left and turn to the right and agree with this and agree with that and speak this out and get entangled with wrong affairs, you will eliminate the miracle in its motion. And you know there's proof in it because the Bible says he went, laid the staff on the child's face, and nothing happened. Because I promise you what happened is Gehazi went down the road. He was a wicked servant. He already lied to Elijah before. Went and took money from Laban. Came back and tried to hide it. He wasn't a righteous person in many ways. And I believe along the way, Gehazi got distracted. Turned to this person and said, I'm on my way now carrying this staff. This woman's, you know, the Shunammite woman, the wealthy woman. Yes, she's got a lot. Yeah, well, her boy died. Yeah, he's dead. But I'm going to carry this thing and we'll see what happens. Maybe something will happen if I put a stick on his face. But the woman, perceiving even as Gehazi left, she looks at the prophet and says, as long as the Lord God lives, I will not leave your presence unless you're coming with me. And so Elijah says, all right, then we're going. Gehazi runs ahead, gets distracted, fails along the way. But the person that stays the course, the one who puts a guard over their mouth, the one that doesn't stop along the way to be distracted, the one that gets the idea of hurry along the way and stay the course of the mission will be the one that gets the miracle in the final hour. And that boy came back from the dead because he had a mom that realized it doesn't matter what you see in the natural it matters that our God is a supernatural God in every way. And in closing, I just want to get someone on the keys. I want to encourage you and remind you, and I hit this a while back, but it came back. I was reading my notes uh, uh, earlier this week of just past things when I was teaching at the Holy Ghost class. And I reminded myself of this, that I remember reading about Oral Roberts University, which I went to Oral Roberts University. and I, I graduated there with a business degree. Faith-filled man of God changed his generation. They, they, they called Tulsa the city that Oral built because it was nothing but a cow pasture until he had a vision and a cow pasture of a university that would train people up with the anointing and the spirit of God and, the word, and, and natural learning so they would go into all the dark places of the world and preach the gospel. It has since in many ways fallen from that vision, but it started with that vision to raise people up for the ministry and the power of God. But Oral Roberts' ministry... Of course, he was a sick man laying on his deathbed as a young teenager with tuberculosis, I believe, was drugged to a tent revival where the Lord supernaturally healed him and, and restored his health and told him that I've called you to bring my healing power to the nations of the world. But Oral Roberts' ministry exploded when he was preaching, I believe, in upstate New York in a tent crusade. And a man was so angered by what was going on that he stood up with a gun and fired off a full round of, of, of six-shooter six pistol at Oral Roberts, 10 feet away from him, in a tent. And Oral Roberts stepped aside, and all the bullet holes were behind him in the tent wall, but not one of them had penetrated him. It's like they went through him. There was newspapers there that took pictures of it. It, was, it, it shocked the whole region. The next night, thousands poured in the tent to see a preacher who had a gun unloaded on him, but still, still stood and no harm came to him. Our God still does that today. You know, this isn't like Bible days. This is like 1940s, 1950s. If God can move like that in the 1950s, how much is he wanting to do in the 2020s? They said of Catherine Coleman, she was a woman too, carried an anointing. So powerful. People would be healed supernaturally. But her ministry, once again, would exploded to a national level when she was preaching in a service and suddenly fell into a trance. And she just stayed perfectly still, not for an hour, not for two hours, not for a day, not for two days, but for three solid days, she didn't even blink. Frozen. And the crowd multiplied. People came to watch a person standing frozen. There was a presence in the place. But there she was, not even breathing, not eyes just frozen and suddenly three days in she starts moving again and she's preaching exactly where she was in the message three days before to her nothing had happened she literally was just in another place and came right back and preached the word of God just as though she had been preaching it non-stop she wasn't even aware of what had happened and the crowd had multiplied and miracles popped across the place William Branham a man of God that that flowed in such supernatural power. People would come to his tent meetings 
and have to pull over on the side of the road two miles away from the tent to take leg braces off because their legs would be healed and straightened and the brace would be hurting them as their body shifted and straightened out. They'd be screaming in pain and take the brace off before they ever went to the tent, before they ever got under it. This is 1950s in America where people were so supernaturally pressing into God, miracles happened. Guys, we are standing in a time when we could definitely highlight how desperate it's going to be and how much we're facing. Or we could highlight the glory of God and say, God, if you can do that. And those, those healing evangelists, those people were mocked. They were ridiculed. People hated them. I mean, you don't fire a gun at a person unless you hate what's coming out of their mouth. But God said, not today. Not today, and I believe in the Oral Roberts story. The man that fired the gun threw the gun on the ground and said, Pray for me, I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. And gave his heart to the Lord that night. I believe that we are at that place, and maybe you don't think that. Maybe you're like, Man, Pastor Caleb, you're pushing the envelope right now. But I think that we're at the place where God is looking to do that type of miracles in America again. But he's just looking for a bride that'll press in, one that'll realize he's my everything. I don't need anything of this world. Nothing of this world satisfies like the presence of God. And I want to partake in that and I want to see it with my eyes. And I want to lend my mouth to your plan, God. And I want to declare these things in my household, in our church, the river, and in the community of Claremont. Even in Awake America, in your private time, just declare what is going to happen on that field. Father, move on that field. Move in such a glorious way. That the papers write about it. That people's hearts and minds turn from all the fear and the doom and the gloom that is being pumped on them back to just the wonder and the joy of God. The reality of the kingdom of God, that he is alive, that he is well, that he is moving in this hour. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.